Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 50 of season three of This Osteopathic Life. Does anyone else hear that as 50, right? Episode 50. And I didn't know we'd get here this season. This daily podcast adventure has certainly expedited, made that possible. And we're here on technically the 23rd episode in this month. And there's a little pause around the Tuesday time frame. We're in the week of Thanksgiving here in the United States, and that brings up all sorts of reflections and opportunities to listen and learn, to understand, to reframe, to engage, to acknowledge. And I posted a conversation, technically on the 23rd day, but these are 23 solo episodes. We're going to do a little recapitulation here and get back on track and also allow for some space and grace. Now, if we think about where we started with that daily challenge of swimming, there were no missed days. We always kept to that 105 stroke standard. And I do think sometimes right now coming up on 24, 25 days into the month with a handful of what we'll call cold plunges now based on the water temperature to think, wow, how did we make space for that every day? And I can come to a space and think, why am I not effectively making space for these every day? And some of it might come down to setting, having the quiet space to record shifts on days when kids are home and different tasks are happening. But that again is a circumstantial external piece. And looking at what is the commitment here and what is the extension of grace, of leeway? And when does it become problematic or limiting? I think in some ways, the act of having loaded and posted the podcast yesterday as a recording perhaps replaced that muscle memory. It seemed like it had gone through. And I decided in the evening to go to sleep sooner and record the podcast in the morning. And then those windows kept closing. And again, this was what we call our first of four fake Fridays, one of which will actually be Friday. But as we are on this holiday break from school, the routine simply shifted. And so just noticing that, noticing things can shift and change. We can roll with that. We can bring some stability to it from our perspective, but we can also acknowledge when sometimes we do an assessment and we say, what needs to be done right now? And what is the give and the take in the space? And what am I allowing for? And I think about that in the context of the promises we make to ourselves and the means by which we keep them. And we do talk about exercise a fair amount here for good reason. 
And I think about how we can let that slip away. And I share with you during the time of my injury and coming back from that and being out of the routine, it became much easier. It became much clearer to me how that could just not fit into the day when it's not automatic or it's not planned. And so just noticing that and seeing where are the boundaries that we set for that time to space and widen and we don't keep up the regularity of what it is that we're doing. And so just checking in with that, saying I can make this wider framework, right? So if I say it's a daily podcast, I'm aiming for daily. And I'm also keeping in mind that means 30 in the month of November because there are 30 days in November. And I have the subtext of 30 solo episodes. So even when I do publish a conversation, that is in addition to, not in replacement of. And I can have some space in between. And that's the way I did approach this, knowing that there would be some days that would be less predictable. And you could say, well, right, you could put some guarantees into that and hold boundaries in that. And absolutely. But I also chose to give some flexibility in there because, right, there were holidays that were going to come up. We're shifting seasons here on multiple levels. We're changing what sports we're doing. The time has changed. The light is different. The workout focus for me and my husband projects are wrapping up and new ones are starting. So knowing there are going to be some variables here. So I'm looking at daily. That's the framework. And the majority of these have come on the daily. That means I'm looking at 30 for this month. And now I see I have one to put into a double day. And that could be its own adventure. And today, actually... My husband and I decided to take a road trip to a local farm, but local in the region, not in our city. We were meaning to go there. We thought it'd be nice to go there and see what they had in time for Thanksgiving and turn it into a day date of sorts. Now, in my mind, I had in my head that we needed to do this in a certain window of time to pick up the kids from school, but then they weren't in school. So we compressed our morning plans. We took the road trip and I had this brilliant idea that I was going to record the podcast in the car and I was going to make it my first ever live audience recording, live audience being my husband and our two dogs who would essentially be held captive in this fixed space with me and perhaps awkwardly be forced to listen to me state the episode recorded in real time. Now my husband listens to the podcast, so it wouldn't be totally unusual, but he wouldn't have the option to speed it up, slow it down, pause it. I suppose he could, or he could ask questions or the pauses could happen, but there was a lot, a lot of background noise from the sound of the road. And while I'm not particularly particular about the details of the podcast, I do try to be respectful to the listener and not have a lot of extraneous noise. And so twice we tried it with you know, AirPods and separately, and it just wasn't happening. And so I had thought I had this window because it was a 90 minute drive each way seemed I could almost get the two done. I could get my double header. And we even talked about doing an interview podcast, but again, quality of sound in that space wasn't favorable. And so deciding, I could have decided to let that background noise be in in order to get it done, but it didn't feel like the right approach. It didn't feel respectful. It didn't feel like it was going to allow the words to be heard in the right way. It could make it so the whole episode was annoying, right? To even listen to and frustrating. And then it wouldn't be available to be received. So here we are, right? Later in the day, and 
still in the space of exploring the concepts of positive intelligence, but I want to share with you why there was this longer intro leading into that. Because what we're exploring today is the concept, is the saboteur of stickler, right? And we're using that language as it's brought forward in the positive intelligence community. You can find more about that in the show notes. And we're taking a spin on it here. We're looking at what are the gifts? What is the way that this comes through in a positive way? When is it taken too far and can be problematic, particularly for the ways in which we interact in relationships? What insight can it give us into the way others might be behaving that aren't the default for us, but we can notice it and have a greater sense of understanding and perhaps empathy for another? And I'm going to do a preview of the second word here, which I had two choices and I was going back and forth between them and I decided I was moved to embrace sympathetic as the counterpoint to stickler. And so let's just take a moment and contemplate both of those. When you think of stickler, what do you think of? And then why might that intro be relevant to bringing forward the concept of stickler? That there is a framework here and there are details and there are times and places to really stick to them. I would say I embraced more of the stickler way of being in the swim challenge. There were no missed days, right? Even in inclement weather, in before dawn and after dark times, whatever the location, right? Swimming in apparently shark infested waters, <laughs> which takes me to the Princess Bride, right? I'm sure it's just a sailor out for a pleasure cruise at night in eel infested waters. And in any case, there was merit to that. It suited the challenge because there was not gray zone because the daily was the key piece there. And I hadn't made an internal agreement that that allowed for double swims in a day to add up to that. That wasn't part of it. And so the stickler way of being there was to benefit to completion of that task. Now we could look at, wouldn't it be more helpful to have the stickler show up here so that your daily podcast showed up and the schedule was more regular and you perhaps did some episodes in advance. And that's reasonable, reasonable to consider and to propose. And should this happen again? And it very well might because it's actually been quite an experience for me to have this here and to bring that sense of regularity. And I also see that I would very much like to and intend to bring forward my live inconceivable emails. That was a daily experience for the first six months of the year. And that did shift a bit, right? The stickler approach perhaps didn't carry on. And we could look at what the exhaustion of it is, right? So that's something to consider when we're thinking of that. Is it a sustainable way of being or does it serve certain times and spaces and margins and boundaried areas? And in any case, I'm moving forward into that for the final month of this calendar year bringing back those daily emails and seeing if there can be that finish with the flourish, right? We could call those middle five months, some of that messiness there and perhaps losing the thread, perhaps deciding what was appropriate. I can tune into where I took feedback, right? And where I changed what I was doing because of how other city was received, which is totally valid and worth doing. If in fact it is causing a problem for someone or it is impacting them in a negative way. But in this case, it really was an opinion from someone. And with something like a daily email, no one has to open it. And 
in the beginning, what I loved most about that experience was that it was for me. I loved the creation of the concepts and seeing the regularity of it and seeing how it evolved and seeing what came through. And I think I lost sight of that. I attached the outcome to what someone else was going to do with it, how they were going to respond. And if you ever had an email list and you go through the process of getting unsubscribes, there's a whole emotional and thought construct that happens around that. And I recognize where the list even began. And it was not surprising that there were unsubscribers. But at some point, that value that I allowed to be placed on that went up. And remembering that the whole purpose was for me to bring these through and to see what messages they were and to see what would happen. What would the end of that year look like? And so we could look at this and we could think, oh, that's a problem. That's a failure, right? You didn't hold true to yourself and you let that go. Or we could say, oh, right, there's a lesson to be learned here. And if it was valuable for you, can we now bring it back and release whatever anyone else is doing with those posts and write them for your sake and see what transpires? And just recently, I was looking for something else in my Canva folders. And if you haven't used Canva, I could mixed blessing, give it to you. Wholehearted review of its amazingness. It gives me graphic design power and I don't pretend to be at the level of my wonderful friends and professional colleagues who have done amazing graphic design work for me and for many other companies and businesses. But it helps me to organize my thoughts and it makes things look presentable and allows me to dip into a creative side in a way that I couldn't or not with significant ease on paper in that graphic design space. But in any case, I had a number of files and then that's why I would make these kind of single image with a quote, living conceivable posts. And I was going back through and seeing the power in them and the beauty and the creativity and the opportunity. And I felt a little sadness, a bit of grief for having this gap in between. And what I know is that it might not have happened in the chronological order, right? So it's six months of daily posts. That's pretty significant. We can embrace and celebrate that victory, that success. And then the gap in between, and I don't know, hands raised if you like. For me, when I journal and miss days journaling, I will go back and recreate them. Now, I will get to stages where that seems next to impossible. And interestingly, it was most helpful to be able to recreate and fill some of those gaps when I always had my daily workout picture and I've been less consistent even with that. And what I'm examining in here is, is it an exhaustion factor? Is there a time when daily without support, without reward can become unsustainable? Maybe, right? Is it not keeping up that internal contract and checking in and saying, is this what we're agreeing to do? What are the parameters? And can we agree to it for perhaps a shorter window of time and then reassess? So maybe it's not a year of daily posts. Maybe it is one month, two months, six months, whatever seems reasonable. And at six months, we reevaluate and decide what's meaningful. Remembering the purpose behind it. Like where are we going with this? And why are we doing this? And are we still aligned with that why? Lots of opportunities in here. And so while there might be those missing internal five months, they can come back either in those months in the next year or simply picking up in December and then seeing them through maybe in a different season. Now I assigned a theme for each month using the acronym of inconceivable. 
using each of the letters as the starting letter of the theme for the months. And so out of order, it makes a little less sense, but who doesn't love a word jumble and the opportunity to mix it up and to problem solve and to reorganize and restructure and see what you can create out of those same starting points. So we're here and we're talking about Stickler in a relatively roundabout way, but why not? Right? We're embracing new perspectives through this whole experience. So let's look at definitions here. Definition of stickler. One who insists on exactness or completeness in the observance of something. And to be honest, I didn't read that before I started talking. I read it just now with you. And of course, that's where we've been. And there have been times when the exactness was absolutely what carried me through with the swim challenge. That's perhaps the easiest and most recent one to evaluate. Exactness and completeness, right? It was, as it was stated, I had the specificity of the number of strokes, and that might have been where there was a teeny bit of leeway. Like I said, certain times when the water was questionable, keeping the head above water and you know moving the arms, days when it seemed unsafe, making an adaptive change that still embraced that quantity in a safe way. But in all reflection, it really was, right? Following that insistence of being exact and being complete in the observance of something, and whatever that is. And who's saying what complete looks like? Again, who's making these parameters? And what are we making it mean if we do or do not stick to them, right? If we don't fully embrace that stickler space and where is it so helpful? And thinking about it on particular projects and with deadlines and perhaps being a stickler with commitments to oneself or to one's family and finding out even if it is micro moments, right? doing a daily check-in with your spouse, with your kids, even if it is a time perhaps you're on call and you can't be physically there. Is there some way you can stay in contact and keep some consistency and continuity there? So seeing where it can truly bring us the opportunity to be consistent and to grow connection and build trust. The Unlocking Us podcast today was on the anatomy of trust, which you can find and different pieces of Brene Brown's work. And the key factor is that trust is built in the small moments. So you might think Stickler, again, for that big task, daily email, daily post, daily quote, daily equation. And what if, right, the Stickler can actually build that trust and also self-trust in the little moments? And again, we can think about those things that we do consistently, whether it is getting up in the morning, brushing our teeth, having some food, drinking water, whatever some things are that might be daily, beginning to notice them and say, oh, I am a person that reliably does blank daily. And then we can begin to fill in the blank with other things and build that evidence and build that consistency for ourselves. And so seeing where the stickler can be a gift to you and when taken too far, right? if it does create a punitive sense around it, or if it does take it to the extreme that to the detriment of all else, I will uphold this. And is there room to open that up, to open that window and say, yes, this is the priority. Yes, I will uphold it to these costs. I will recognize when it becomes not a worthwhile investment, when the collateral damage is too great. And I will acknowledge that. Now, the second definition of stickler is really fascinating and perhaps fits this conversation as well. Something that baffles or puzzles. 
and it uses the sample word with it of poser. Now, interesting there, right? And just thinking about if we're talking about consistency and you managed the daily challenge for so many more months and couldn't seem to get it together in here, maybe that's puzzling, right? Like that word, I do not think it means what you think it means daily. Like, let's talk about that. And are we talking about, right, the average, the mean? Are we talking about the mode? Like most frequently, these podcasts are going to come out daily. And are we looking at also the trend or is it very specific, right? It is a metered metric that we are upholding with this absolute consistency. And can there be room for both? And can it be that we really do get extremely honest with ourselves and own up to what it is that we are doing in that space? So consider where Stickler has absolutely served you. See where it might be sabotaging you. See if there's space to strike a balance between them. See if you can toggle back and forth and find where one version versus the other is most useful to you. And then let's talk about our counterpart here today. And I have sympathetic. I considered sympathizer to match the phrasing of the words, but it didn't feel quite right. So I kept sympathetic in place. And now thinking about that, I think about being sympathetic and being aware and engaged and maybe having a little more flexibility. If you think about stickler, if you just think about like saying the word stickler, right? It's fixed, it's pointed, right? It's very specific. We think sympathetic, just saying it's sympathetic. There's space in there. There's a gentleness, there's fluidity, there's room within it. Now, interesting, when I see the word, I see the end and I see the pathetic part and we could go all into that as well. Pathological, same shared root origins, pathetic. And we think about what that feels like when we have felt pathetic in our lives or we see something and that's our instinct, that's what it is. And it's just curious that it's part of that word. So let's look at some of the examples, the definitions here. Existing or operating through an affinity, interdependence, or mutual association. They might say, this isn't all as much specifically related or you know, specifically counter-related to Stickler. But just seeing that, there's room in this. And there's some sense of attachment. Stickler does get this sense of, regardless of what anyone else is doing, right? we're going to hold on to this, right? this above all else. And sympathetic is showing this relationship and the connection between and the room for both. And Stickler doesn't have to be a source of disconnect, like we talked about, can be a source of building trust. The reliability, the dependability, the regularity, the routine can absolutely be valuable. But seeing where there might be room within that. Given to, marked by, or arising from sympathy, compassion, friendliness, and sensitivity to others' emotions. And even then there, right, we see with Stickler, it can be without attention to any of those other factors. Whereas sympathetic, it has to include an awareness of what another is experiencing. And this one is really interesting to explore in the idea of can we sense and shift another's emotions? And there are spaces where we talk a lot about, right, not taking responsibility for someone else's thoughts, feelings, actions. And I do believe that ultimately the other person does have that space, that autonomy. I do also believe we are on a spectrum of the sensitivity with which we tune into the emotions of another. And 
have influence over them. And while the ultimate, right, the kind of that final stage of responsibility can be with the individual, I'm opening up that space of considering what are those direct effects and impacts and how can we gain more awareness of them. Sympathetic, appropriate to one's mood, inclinations, or disposition, marked by kindly or pleased appreciation. And so seeing how we show up and how that influences our response. Favorably inclined and approving. So seeing that as well. Stickler might be seen with a lot of no's, right? Maybe more judgment, more that doesn't quite fit, right? Versus sympathetic, being favorably inclined, offering approval. There might be, again, more room to welcome something in and say, oh, I see where you're coming from, right? I get that. I welcome that in. Let's explore that together more. Now, thinking about relating to musical tones produced by sympathetic vibration or to strings so tuned as to sound by sympathetic vibration. And I've had the good fortune of playing a string instrument for the majority of my life. My children are in that space. And there is that idea of that resonance, right? That sympathetic vibration. So if you put you know, four fingers on the G string and you're in tune, right? The C string, if it's also properly tuned, will resonate. You'll get that vibration in that space. And it can tell you, right? I'm in sync with this. I'm in, you know, not in harmony, but I'm actually playing the same tone here. And just that power. So without playing it directly, right? Because you're in that same space and sharing that same frequency, you resonate. The vibration happens together. And so noticing where we can be sympathetic in our lives, where we can hit that frequency and just be on with this other person. I had a beautiful discussion with someone the other day about this and those moments when it is, wow, right? We just connected. We knew we were on the same wavelength, right? That's really what it is. And that resonance that can happen is so powerful. And I know I'm using these words with a bit of liberty in my very specific and perhaps stickler musical friends and colleagues. I fully respect you. And I appreciate the latitude here that being sympathetic to this, we can have some space to use these examples and see what we can illustrate for one another. I think about, especially for me, when I think of sympathetic, I think of the sympathetic nervous system. And we think about what does that mean? And it's so interesting because if we're talking about the space and the room here for sympathetic, but that's our fight or flight. And we might think about the fight, flight, freeze extension of that. And fight, flight, freeze, or fawn it continues to grow. And thinking about that, it's like, wow, right? Because I wouldn't necessarily see that because we're seeing more room and space and connection here. But perhaps this is a place where we are connected to ourselves, right? We're connecting to that baseline, you know, the instincts that we have when in a certain situation, we can be attuned to it, right? And being aware, right? Tuning into what's going on around us and then also tuning into ourselves for the response to keep us safe, right? So there's that to consider. And those mechanisms might be helpful. They might be challenging in the modern world because we're talking about instincts that were programmed into us in very different settings much earlier on and how we've evolved to embrace those is quite fascinating to see how it shows up in our common day lives when stressors are of different source, of different frequency, but can be equally powerful on our health. 
But I also think of adding that prefix of parasympathetic and the rest in digest. And it still contains the whole word in there, right? But it's adjacent to, it's related to, but it has absolutely its own way of being and really the opposite. That's what they are, right? Accelerator and brakes of the autonomic nervous system. And so looking at that rest and digest space and seeing that sympathetic and parasympathetic are embracing that full experience there and serving their own unique purpose and noticing how we can do the same, how in our lives and our relationships and our ways of being, right? There are absolutely times when we are in go state and there are times when we are in no state, we are in breaks and rest and both have absolutely their purpose. And so looking at that in the context as well of when do we stickler it up and really stay stringent to the criteria and stay on task and stay focused on the goal and notice that if that is still sustainable, if it's rejuvenating, if we feel motivated and connected and resonant with that why, absolutely, it can be a beautiful skill. But if we've lost touch with that, if we're no longer having that sympathetic vibration from those adjacent parts of our lives, right? perhaps it's time to reassess. And then to notice, is sympathetic showing up in that way of connection and understanding and empathy? Are we in that sympathetic fight or flight state knowing that is part of it as well? And where's there room for the parasympathetic piece to bring us to rest and digest and embrace that full experience? So always an opportunity to learn, to reflect, to reframe, to repurpose, to restart, to renew, to celebrate what we've done. And I thank you for joining me on this journey for episode number 50. What a fantastic milestone to reach. One that wasn't even in the cards, it seemed like, just a couple weeks ago. And so I appreciate the opportunity for this challenge. And we will absolutely be back on track to round out. We have one more of the exploratory episodes. We'll have a wrap-up regarding these concepts and looking at some of the positive intelligence concepts and the spin we're taking on them here. And then we'll get into those final episodes to wrap up this daily podcast adventure and then come back likely to those weekly solo episodes and weekly conversations episodes on different days. I think in Tuesday, Friday feels like the right rhythm. Maybe Tuesday, Saturday, I'm going to contemplate that and then I'll let you know so we can have a regularity to count on. And I will be bringing back those daily living conceivable posts for December because I truly enjoy it. And perhaps that pause, that sabbatical from them was absolutely the right thing. And we can say it is because it happened. And there may be a renewed and rejuvenated effort, enthusiasm for it. And we'll see. There might be some repeats because it's still my brain forming them. And even though it's been a while, they might come back through. And that can be okay as well because sometimes we need to hear something again. And so if there is a quote that resonates, I don't often go back to reference. I will sometimes see if there's a common word if it shows up, but I'm going to make space for whatever it is to come through, even if it has come through before, because it's me sharing my experience again. And absolutely, there are times I go through the same or very similar experiences again. And so they'll come through as they are meant to. So I thank you for helping me keep the consistency I thank you for giving me the space and grace to put some latitude in there as needed. And I look forward to 
wrapping up these components. We are well through that messy middle. I'm not even counting this. This feels like finishing with a flourish because it's giving us new perspective and new hope for going forward. If you would like to join the Sociopathic Life newsletter, you can find that in the show notes. And if you'd like to be on the Living Conceivable list, those are two different things. And we'll talk about perhaps consolidation of my worlds at some point. I'll put both of those in the show notes and you're welcome in both spaces. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.